Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot podcast. The podcast is hosted by me, Brandon. No music this week because I'm not in a good goddamn mood. So let's just jump right into whatever we're doing here. If you like what you've heard, spread the good word. Uh, like, share, subscribe, support wherever you get your podcasts. I am available. Oh, my good God. Oh, good God. I'll get into why I'm pissed off. I'm not going to go too deep into sports talk because that's the exact reason why I'm not in a good mood. Um, yeah, it is uh, Sunday. Sunday. So we're going to talk... Like I said, a teeny bit about sports. We've got some TV show talk. We got two episodes of The Lost Rewatch, and we've got a cool show that I've watched this week that I've uh, I just recently found. Apparently, it's starting to like get really popular. Um, that I found to be really good. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I've got some life stuff here as well. I don't have a pen in front of me. There's no video this week because I am so in a bad mood that it. Uh, I just don't even feel like plugging in the camera. How about that? I am not happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the goddamn NHL playoffs so much. Sports talk, just jump right into it. I'm going to blow through this episode because I am in such a bad freaking mood. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. The Bruins are turning into dog shit. They have let the Panthers right back into the series. It is 3-3. Uh, the game just finished, game six. Uh, ended up being 7-5, I believe. I don't fucking know. I turned it off once they scored seventh. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's a fucking joke. It's an absolute fucking joke how bad they were tonight. Um, just absolutely pathetic defensively. Cliffy was awful. Ollie was awful. It was horrendous. Horrendous. Like Game uh, four was frustrating because we gave him two goals. Like Bertuzzi turned it over in the zone. Uh, then obviously Ollie turns it over in overtime. What the fuck is wrong with this team? This team is trying to be too cute. Just go out there and realize you're that much better than this team and just win the fucking game. But nope, nope, trying to be too cute, blew a game, blew game five. Game six, couldn't fucking stop a goddamn shot. Cliffy could never exit the fucking zone. Like, it was awful. It was horrendous. Uh, Pasternak scored a beautiful goal. Bertuzzi's great, even though, I mean, sometimes he lingers on the puck for way too long. Defensively, we were pathetic. For how good we are defensively, we were pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Every time we'd get any momentum, we'd let him right back in. Was, you know, just not clearing zones, not doing the job, not doing the dirty work. And, like, you know, Florida is all about doing the dirty work. And they're taking it to us right now. Game seven, got no chance. It's over. The season's over. We're going to get fucking ran out of the building on, uh, I think, Sunday. This is an absolute travesty, like, how bad this was. Oh, my God. I am not in a fucking mood. Um... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> coming in hot. Coming in hot. Oh, my God. Um, but that goal from Pasternak was worth the price of admission, but Jesus Christ. We scored the uh, go-ahead goal. Go up 5-4. Uh, great play by Orlov to get it down the zone, and then Zaka just beating everybody, finds the brusque, and he scores a great goal. That should have ended it right there. That should have broke their backs, but nope, like 20 seconds later, gave up a goal. Yep, of course. Made it 5-5. Like, what's the point? What's the point, guys? You know, and this is why I, I said this uh, a couple months ago when there was, like, articles about how we're favored to, like, sweep everybody. And at the beginning of this series, I said this game, this series would go six. Anyways. So, like, you know, I wasn't that far off if we'd have won tonight. I'm like, oh, cool. I called that. Six games. And all these, like, you know, fucking dude bros on online and the athletics. Like, oh, they're going to sweep them. It's going to sweep them. They don't even have a chance against this Bruins team. Shut the fuck up. This is the NHL playoffs. Every team's got a chance. And every single time you said that, the Florida Panthers, who are a very talented team, a very talented team. Montour has been great. Kachuk has been fantastic. So many players are stepping up for them. 
And they're hearing that. It's like, you know, these professionals, no, they don't even have a chance. They're just going to get swept. In hockey, it's a different ball game. To think that, to go into a series think it's going to be a sweep is a joke. There was no chance we were sweeping them. Like, you know, to get sweeps is like, I don't know, it's just like it's so few far in between. Like, it's just a unbelievable, like certain things just have to go the right way. This was always going to be a tough series. Like, in every single time, it's like, also, the Panthers, hearing that, know they have nothing to lose. They are playing with complete freedom to do whatever they want, because guess what? They're not even supposed to be here. They're not even supposed to be here. They're supposed to be, like, gone three games ago. Two games ago. Some people were picking the Bruins in three as a joke. You're a joke. Jesus. This has been... This has been awful. This is the worst playoffs I've ever watched. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mostly because the Bruins have been so good, the expectations just naturally get so high. Even in like years past, whenever we've lost in the first round, or we lost to, uh, you know, we lost the Lightning in the second round. Even when we lost to, like in the um, Stanley Cup Finals, like the year we beat the, we lost to the Blues. I didn't expect us to go to the finals that year. So those were like, even if we were like down in series, I, you know, wasn't that. Ugh. This has just been uh, garbage. I don't know if I can handle this. Get out so I don't have to worry about hockey for the rest of the year. <laughs> This has been awful, awful. Like, in, tonight was just a joke, an absolute joke. Like, I am almost like, start Swayman Game 7. Give Swayman Game 7, because Ollie was horrible. Like, just not covering the puck, not bailing his defense out, not controlling anything. Um, uh, I don't know. Don't know. I really don't know. That was awful. That's awful. But it's the NHL, man. It's the deepest, most parody-driven league in the world. You can say whatever about the NFL. The, like, NHL legit has... Like, 16 to 18 really good teams every single year. 18 teams. And, like, legitimately, like, you'd give probably eight of them, four in each conference. Like, yeah, you you could probably see them winning the cup. And then, you know what? Then you have, like, you know, probably two or three other teams. Like, then you're like, you know what? If they get hot, they could win win the cup. Like, that's legit. Like, uh, over a third of the league is good enough to win Stanley Cups every single year. So, I mean, this is... uh, Otherwise, like, the playoffs have been phenomenal so far. Um, I think the only one team has advanced so far. Vegas beat Winnipeg once Once Morrissey was going down. There was no chance Winnipeg was winning that series. Um, and then the Hurricanes knocked out the Islanders earlier tonight. God, dude. It was such a blown opportunity. Like, we kept... Mm, mm. I'm done. I'm done with it. Uh, Liverpool beat uh, somebody this week. Who cares? Oh, it was um, West Ham who, like, boohooed at the end of the game about a handball, which it never in a million years should it ever be called a handball. If you want to call that a handball, then get the fuck out of the game. Garbage. <laughs> I'm in such a freaking mood now. God. I just don't get it. Don't get it. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been kind of wanting... Like Clifton to be playing, but I thought he was awful tonight. Like every, it felt like every time he was on the ice, we were stuck in the defensive zone. We could never clear the zone when he was on the ice. We couldn't even get up the ice at the end of the game to get Ollie pulled. Like, and like Charlie's sitting, like Mac is sitting there telling him to get off the ice while he's got the puck in like our own defensive zone. And then he goes to pass it, hits Saka on the skate, and it like bounces back, and it's like. Don't tell him to get off the ice if you can't even pass. If you can't make a pass, stop telling the goalie what to do. I don't know. Uh, I am so frustrated. Frustrated. Um, is there any other sports talk I want to talk about? I kind of want to, yeah, the Liverpool one, that's good. Um, I talked about the crew game last week. I'm going to the crew game tomorrow. 
I should be in much better spirits because I'll be going with my mother. My mother will be with me tomorrow. Enter Miami Columbus at lower.com field. It is one of my birthday presents to my mother this year as she turns um, an age. She turns an age this coming week. So if you see my mom in the wild, make sure you say happy birthday, Lucinda. Um then I will be down in Portsmouth this week. So if you hear this on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday and you want to get together with old Brando the Commando, whatever the hell they call me nowadays, uh, what, what did Todd Sparks call me? Brandito the Mosquito. Not the best, but hey, you know what? It's a nickname. It's not the worst nickname in the world. It's not uh, whatever else I could call. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so like far away right now. <laughs> God damn. Damn it. Uh, yeah, but I'll be, I'll be down this week. So if you guys do want to hang out, just uh, reach out. I'll be glad to hang out. I think uh, Wednesday I am planning to kind of maybe cook for my mom or something like that. I'll, I'll do something cool because I am cool. And then, um, but probably afterwards, which I'm not sure, but probably sets up for a pretty late night. And then um, Thursday I'll be all free. So if you guys want to hang out, hang out with me. Because you know what? I'm not stuck doing laundry at my mom's house anymore. Because I'm 30, how old am I? I'm 30, I'm 30, what year is it? 2023, I'm 32 right now. <laughs> Jesus, Brandon. Um, I'm 32 right now, so I got my own washer and dryer and I used it. I used my steam closet for the first time. That thing, I think, worked the way I wanted it to. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I kind of got it with no idea what the hell I was doing with it, so... Yeah, so now I've got free time when I go to Portsmouth. I'll be down Thursday. I'll be going back up Thursday night, but yeah, I'll be down uh, Wednesday and Thursday in the Portsmouth. Um, if you want to hang, just let me know. Reach out. You can text me or you can send me an email, monster8thepilottheshow at gmail.com. Why you would email me to hang out, I don't know, but you can. And you know what? And I'm not going to judge you for doing that. So whatever. Am I right? <laughs> I fucking hate the NHL so much. I haven't even talked about the other problem. Uh, I think if you're listening to this, you realize there was no episode midweek this week. That's because Justin Malone, enemy of the show, uh, pulled a Chris Moore and canceled. I know, but actually, I take that back. He he gave me like three days heads up. He, he like texted me on Mondays. Hey, man, I won't be up on Wednesday. So we have to reschedule. You know, he didn't wait till the day before to, uh, you know, karaoke Chris style and cancel on me. But yeah, you know, Just Malone realized that I was going to tear him apart and he was scared. And he I, he sent me a picture of the piss pants that he was wearing that day after he heard my last episode calling him out. <laughs> Yeah, nah, it was, uh, yeah, so we're going to get that rescheduled sometime down the road. Not 100% sure just yet when that will be hitting, but yeah, look forward to that. I still, I have, uh, I think I only have two guests lined up at the moment. That is Justin, and I have uh, Lady Aaron. Lady Aaron will be coming on the show. Why did that happen? Okay, we're not playing this stupid freaking game. <laughs> My screen turned off. We're not doing that. I need you up. I need you up in doing stuff. Oh, man. I am. Oh, my God. I watched Game 5 the other night with uh, Jake. It was cool. We got to hang out a little bit, eat wings. It was a good time. Good time. Until that fucking game. Oh, my God. I hate the end. I hate it. I hate it. I hate sports now. I think I'm going to hate sports. I think I'm going to follow my buddy Dan's advice and just hate sports and just stop watching it because it's the worst. I hate it. There's just a knot in my fucking chest all the goddamn time during the playoffs. It's the freaking worst, man. Um, Yeah, he came over. We talked, you know, 
do what me and Jake do, man. We talk about whatever you heard on the podcast. Me and Jake probably talked about the same stuff the other night. That's what we do. We hang. We've known each other for like over twenty years. You know, twenty years. Our you know our friendships are fucking you know adult. That's in going out to bars and stuff like that. That's how long me and Jake. We and Jake have known each other since we we're like eight, eight or nine. Me and uh, oh Chris Catman or whatever the fuck I call him. Uh, we've known each other for almost thirty years now. We're coming upon thirty years of knowing each other. I would say 30 years of friendship, <laughs> but that's not true. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm going to have Lady Aaron. I got Justin Malone coming on. Like I said, Jake over the other night got to see the new. He he loved the new sectional. I still haven't, I don't think anybody else has seen it. No, Casey came over and saw it. There's, was it here when Nick was here? I don't think so. Yeah, so two people have seen it. So my mom's coming up before the game tomorrow. She's going to see it. She's going to hang out. I'm probably going to cook for her then, too. I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided, man. I am in such a bad fucking mood. I'm probably not going to sleep. I'm going to have dreams tonight, man. I'm going to have really weird fucking hockey-related dreams. And it's... This is why I'm going to teach my kids if... Well, you know, if I ever claim my kids not to like sports. So... (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Jesus. I should have taken a deep breath before I started the freaking episode. Because I am so freaking hot right now. It is... I am livid. I am not happy. Uh, Man. Oh, what else have I got tonight? I don't have a lot. You know, I have a little bit about the Lost Rewatch. I've got the other show I'm going to talk about. Um... And I've already did sports talk. We're like not even 15 minutes in. This might be a sub 40 minute episode if unless I really drag this shit out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. In the past week, I've been kind of in a funky mood. Uh, not just because of hockey. Not just because of hockey or any other sport I'm following. Um, no, it comes down like I, I don't know. I, I think I've had a little bit of a like mental like thing of not being quite as motivated to get stuff done. Like I think I've uh if you follow the podcast or you kind of follow clips I've done, I haven't done clips for a couple weeks. I haven't got the lost rewatch posted to YouTube for last week. Um like a couple weeks ago, uh not this not last week's episode, the week before there was a really harsh cut that cut out 10 minutes of uh, the Lost Rewatch. And I can easily get that fixed, I think, on the podcast front. I posted, like, the whole Lost Rewatch to YouTube. So if you, you know, like, oh, shit, I didn't get his review of Left Behind, you can go get it on YouTube. Um, I think it's a pretty easy fix to get the whole podcast kind of re-uploaded and with the whole thing fixed properly. I just haven't had the want or just haven't had like the motivation to do it. So I've been feeling kind of demotivated and like it kind of gets me in that funk of like, man, I hope, am I going to waste a whole nother year not doing things I want to do? And uh, it's like, it's like when you see, it's like when you get into that mindset, like when, at least when I get in that mindset, it's whenever you can't see the forest through the trees, right? That's how that saying goes. You can't see the trees through the forest. Nah, yeah, I think I was right the first time. Can't see the forest through the trees. It's where, you know, you get so kind of um, insulated on yourself that you can't, like, view the broader picture of things, like the things I've done so far this year. Like, I continue to do this. Like, you know, I almost, at the end of that fucking nightmare of a game, almost decided not to do the podcast this week. <laughs> But no one might know, you know, people depend on this 
to uh, laugh at my, um, uh, what is it, my misery. People like to listen to my misery, and that's, that's the whole reason why I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, that's not the whole reason. Um, no, but I was... I kind of had to think of like, oh, you know, I continue to do podcasts. You know, I'm reaching, I am reaching out to more people. I am getting in touch. You know, I hadn't seen Nick for two years. I had him on the show. You know, I hadn't seen Casey since before COVID. Now, you know, she came over, did the show. We've hung out a couple times playing music. You know, I am reaching out more and more to people that I don't see very often. And I'm getting more people involved. Like, you know, me and just like the fact that me and Justin are trying to figure out, do a show. The fact that I reached out to Lady Aaron and say, hey, do you want to do the show? You know, just doing that stuff. I'm being a little bit more proactive in doing that, which feels, you know, I have to remind myself from time to time that I am doing this stuff. You know, I finished a fucking song last week. I haven't, you know, I finished a song when I was 19 and immediately lit it on fire because why the fuck would you ever want to look at a 19-year-old song? It's awful. It's horrible. <laughs> um... But no, you know, it's like I actually finished a song. I actually started working on some other things. I'm like writing more. I'm doing more creativity and I'm doing more to better myself every day. Now, if I can get myself to the fucking gym, all my goals are taken care of. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I mean, I can, you're going to hear, if you listen to this podcast 15 years from now, you'll be hearing Brandon talk about going to the gym still then. I, I, I can predict that. 15, well, I'll be dead in 15 years. What am I talking about? <laughs> No, I, that's, I think that's what I'm trying to focus on now, like for this week, for this coming next few days, probably through the Portsmouth trip, is kind of the focus on um, realizing what I am accomplishing and what I am working on and working towards and um, continue to strive to do that and continue not to try to beat myself up every time I feel like I'm not getting like done with it. What the hell is Mark Clip? Oh, have they done it? I think they've done it. Sorry, I'm going. I'm going in producer Brandon mode right now. I think they have finally did what I have wanted them to do since the beginning. Riverside is clipping stuff, so like I can, um, like if you've listened to the Jake episode of the podcast, there was like the five minute bathroom break that happens like two hours into that episode where I go to the bathroom and you hear Jake talking to Justin. Justin doesn't have a mic, so you can't really hear what Justin's saying. Now there's a mark clip button. Where I can push it, and then I think when we like I can push it like boom, and then like when I came back, I could have pushed add marker again, and then when I go to export the episode, I can take that whole clip out. Oh my god, producer Brandon is so happy right now. Talent Brandon wants to get back to the fucking show, uh, but whatever. Producer Brandon is the guy who pays for all this stuff. That's right, Brandon is multiple people all the time. But yeah, that's what I'm going to try to focus on this week is to kind of even sit down maybe when I'm getting into these modes. Don't creak. Um, and I get into the mode of like, man, I'm not getting anything fucking done. And like maybe even just writing down, this is the stuff you've done this year. This is the stuff that you didn't do last year or you didn't stick with last year that you're kind of doing now. Like, you know, um, I love cooking. I do. I love cooking. But I have completely fallen. I fell off that so bad last year. I don't want even want to see how much money I spent on DoorDash last year. I think I would throw up if I saw it. <laughs> Like, I think I would literally vomit if I saw how much money I spent on DoorDash last year. Um, but now I am meal prepping, where I'm actually going and buying food, and I'm prepping out. This is what I'm going to have on Tuesday. This is what I'm eating Wednesday, Thursday. You know how the days of the week work. So I don't have to explain to you that Friday comes after Thursday. You just kind of understand it naturally. But I'm doing that now. And I'm or sticking with that more. Like, usually, if, like, you know, it's something I start, and it's a week later, I'm back to... Oh, steak and shake sounds good. Oh man, um, I really want some uh 
you know, um, shit, I don't even know, what, what would I eat? It, it just all became, you know, it just all became one meal. It's just, you know, whatever. I'm just going to get Wingstop again. I'm just going to get Wings. The Wing Snob. Wing Snob is really good here in Clintonville. The wings are enormous. That's what me and Jake had the other night. They, it was good. And they sent him coleslaw that had so much pepper on it. I thought it was Oreo cake, not coleslaw. So I thought that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> no, ah, Man. No, so like I said, I want to kind of focus on everything I am working on. Everything that... Because, you know, not... I think I've talked about that before, but sometimes it's really hard to see the journey from where you're standing. You know what I mean? Some, or like see, you, or it's hard to like kind of analyze yourself in the middle of something. And I feel like right now I'm in the middle of kind of, I'm, I think, who, who said it? I think Casey did when we jammed. She said I was something. She said a word that had to say, fuck does that mean? Brandon's a dumb dumb. And uh, she told me what it was. I think she was basically kind of mean like you're between places. You're kind of working towards things. And you're kind of st- like not stuck between stations is, well, you know, great Hold Steady song. Great reference, Brandon. God, you're so smart. I like how I would just call myself a dumb dumb. Now I'm the smartest guy ever because I reference one Hold Steady song. I'm so cool. Um, no, she's like, you know, you seem like you're, you're like kind of somebody who's working between like places right now. And you're like working yourself towards like... You're almost at like a crossroads, but in the good ways, like, you know, you have two really good options you're working towards. And I think that's how, if I'm thinking right, that's kind of how we were talking about it. And I feel that now. Obviously, when somebody puts that in your brain, you start thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is exactly it. I'm so, you know, I'm so clever for thinking that. <laughs> uh, no, so I feel like that's where I'm kind of doing. So it's kind of still hard to kind of take yourself out of the moment and view yourself through that lens. And sometimes it makes it, especially with my mentality and how I am as a person, that I'm very harsh on myself. I'm not just hard, like I'm harsh. You know, I say horrible things to myself still from time to time. Not nearly as bad as it was a couple years ago when, like I said, I think I've, I'm, I don't know, have I talked, I probably have talked about this on the podcast. I mean, there's 75 episodes now. Uh, like I used to hate myself so much I'd spit at myself in the mirror. Like, you know, I'd catch myself like wrong in the mirror and just hockaloogie because I hated who I saw, you know because it was over minor things. Like, oh, man, I forgot to take the trash out of the bathroom this week. Oh, you're a piece of shit. <clears throat> like, you know, just like stuff like that. And also at the time I was also drunk, so who knows what I actually had been doing. But really at that point it was like I wasn't doing anything. I was just existing, which is terrifying uh, to be. Like if you're just existing and not actually doing anything. Um, which I'm glad, you know, it's been a couple years since then. It's been coming up on three years. Uh, it's rapidly approaching. It's only like, what, three months away, I think. Yeah. Nah, four. We still got May, June, July, and August. Oh, man. Yeah, so, so taking yourself out of the moment and viewing the journey that where you've came from. It's actually, you know, taking, you know, climbing a tree and looking and seeing the forest and the journey you went on, like uh, uh, Bilbo and Mirkwood in The Hobbit, the books. Who gives a fuck about the movies? <laughs> Brandon's a nerd. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to try and kind of focus on. I might even write down, like, this is what you did. This is what you've done. You've done this. You've done that. Awesome. Yeah. So, fun stuff, man. And like I said, I, I think it's kind of put me in a weird mood kind of thinking about stuff. Um, I don't know whether finishing the song put me in a weird mood. It's like, oh, yeah, I actually did it. Maybe that kind of like, 
oh, I finished a song, so now I can kind of like rest. And it's like, no, keep working, write something new. I actually bought another notebook specifically for like lyric ideas or song ideas. Like, oh shit, how about if I do this or that? This will sound like this. Oh, this melody's in my head. Let me write it down real quick and blah, 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 blah. Because I hate typing it on the phone because I feel like it just gets lost and I just kind of forget about it. With having the notebook, I have to take the time to actually write it out and like the ink and all that stuff. It's more real to me. Call me a fucking hipster or call me a douchebag, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. I just like it. It also looks better and I feel like it's much more authentic to you. And it's also more real real to you as well when you're going back to work on it. It's actually something that has more meaning to you because you took the time to write it out. Whatever, man. Whatever. Brandon's going to have to, you know, it's constant journey. That's what every single episode, if you're going to chop up Monster Eat the Pilot into a, um, like, sections the first 75 episodes or wherever we're at is um, whatever I just said. It's just the journey, man. It's just... <laughs> I thought I had something good there, and I lost it because that's my brain. My brain's going 10 billion miles an hour every single day. Also, I kind of... F- producer Brandon back. Um, I finally figured out why I don't like the blue cord microphone. So I have two microphones. One was expensive, and one was not as expensive. Like, you know, one was like... $300, I don't care to tell you how much I spend on stuff. And the other one was probably like 200 or like 150 It was like, you know, $100 less or half the price or something like that. And I always, in terms of the headphones, the more expensive one kind of sucks. It's like you got to turn the gain up way. I know, like I said, we're getting a producer talk. I got to turn the gain like all the way up to hear myself in the micro, like in the headphones. Like just can't hear myself. Or I got to fuck around like to the point of where it's like, I got like a really bad buzz so I can like hear myself. So it's playing around with that all the time. And the blue one, I don't have to turn up nearly as loud. I don't have to do anything like that to get the same kind of audio levels as the more expensive ones. So I'm kind of like, man, that kind of is dumb. But I finally have figured out in the past couple of weeks why the one that has the red cord compared to the blue cord, which red is expensive, blue is the inex- less expensive one, um, is that the red one picks up the sound so much more. Like, you know, I kind of have to be talking directly into the less expensive one, whereas, like, the the more expensive one, I can kind of, like, move off to the side and you don't quite lose as much volume when I'm doing that. So I can, like, in my little cool swinging chair, my little uh, rotating office chair that I do my podcast in while I'm sitting in my underwear, yeah, what's up? Um, you can hear me better. I can sit there, swing around, have some fun. I can move around. I can be active, man. That's what's important. Be active, bro. What am I talking about now? Producer Brandon is fired from the show. He's out of here. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I hate the NHL playoffs so fucking much. I am so gosh dang mad. It's awful. Ah, But what's not awful? Let's, you know what's not awful? You know what's wonderful, in fact, is some of the TV I watched this week. I've been rewatching It's Always Sunny. Because I'm rewatching it all the time. And I've also been rewatching Arrested Development. I actually mentioned it, Jake. I meant, meant to mention it last week or the week before on the podcast. I was rewatching Arrested Development, and I can't remember the joke now. That's why I really I should have wrote it down. Um, I have probably watched the first three seasons of Arrested Development a dozen times, if not more. Um, there was a new joke. There was a joke in there that I've never noticed before. And I cracked up so hard. I have watched that show so many times. And I missed this joke for years. 
for 10 years I've been watching this show, well over 10 years. I mean, the, I didn't watch it when it aired. I probably started watching it right after high school, probably right when, I guess when Netflix started hitting. Um, uh, yeah, and like I finally started watching Rest of Development. And all these years of watching it, all the multiple times I've rewatched it, I've never noticed this joke, and I really wish I could remember it. It's kind of like a story without an ending right now. Maybe I'll rewatch it again so I can find the joke one more time. <laughs> no, but I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe that. I There's still jokes to find in that show. Um, yeah, but I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I watched The Dennis System yesterday, and um, I think when Casey was on, I, we talked about the best episode. I think we said Charlie Work. Man, it's tough. Like, there are so many episodes. The Water Park episode's inc- incredible, especially for that absolute chaos ending. Uh, Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs is pretty much perfect. Um, so is the Nightman, Charlie Work. Um, I've always liked the the gang group dates. I've always thought that's a great, ep- that's a great episode, but I've always thought that's like upper echelon. It's always sunny um, when they give Frank the intervention, but the Dennis system might be... The perfect It's Always Sunny episode. It is so... Every single character acts in... like Maybe, I guess Mac's the only one that isn't quite on character in that episode. Because, you know, it's not quite leaning into Mac as gay or secretly gay or whatever. I guess closeted would be the best way to describe Mac before he finally comes out. He's just closeted and, you know, represses all of his feelings. Um, it doesn't quite lean into that at all, I don't think. And, um... But, you know, you got Frank doing the Mantis toboggan character, whipping out the Magnum condoms. And <laughs> I dropped my Magnum condom, or my massive condom for my Magnum dong. <laughs> but there's a couple other parts that um, I think when it starts, the plan at the end, when they're at the carnival or whatever, and the waitress is a carny, and um, the guy stabs D with the key or whatever, and she's like, you stabbed me, and he's like, uh, that guy told me to talk about Charlie, and Charlie's like, no, you're supposed to stab her, talk about the waitress, and the waitress is like, you're going to have him stab me? The way Charlie treats her, like, she is so stupid for not realizing that he was going to protect her from the stabbing. Like, the way he says, like, I was going to protect you from the stabbing, like, duh, of course that's what I was going to do. I was going to try to have this guy stab you, and I was going to save you. Like, the fact that Charlie was just so, like, ticked that she didn't realize that's what he was doing. God, it made me lose it. And then, um... There's the part when Dennis is going over the plan after he does a little symphony thing and realizes this is the plan. Um, he uh, he tells Frank that Frank's going to be the carny. And I I don't know why I just noticed it, but he's like, he gives like the thumbs up to Charlie and it cuts and Charlie's just kind of like shaking his head. Like he's like so proud that Frank's like in the plan. I don't know. It's just, it was this really weird moment. And I was like, <laughs> it just cracked me up. Like you could tell, like, I think Charlie Day was like cracking and like trying to like not laugh at the fact like Frank's giving this big thumbs up about being a carny. Oh, it's such a perfect show. But what is a great show that I've watched the first season of? twice this week i watched it i watched like three episodes or maybe three or four episodes i'm like man i'm really intrigued by this and then i'm like you know i'll probably watch a couple episodes i think it's like wednesday uh, tuesday after i got off work and i end up watching the rest of the series i end up watching the next six episodes um it is on mgm plus which is a thing now um i watched it on sling but season two's on mgm plus and i watched the first episode of uh it yesterday, maybe the night before. I'm probably gonna rewatch it after I get done here. Uh, it is the I hate the name. That's the only thing I don't like about this show is the name. I think the name is kind of just 
huh? It's called From. Just F-R-O-M. From. It is like the Twilight Zone. It's like a Twilight Zone Stephen King type thing where uh, this family uh, goes into this town. They drive into this town after they like encounter this tree that's blocking the road to take a different detour. They go into this town and they basically get trapped in like a snow globe where every time they exit a town, they just like re-enter the town. So they can't leave. They're stuck there. And it's highly intriguing. It's very Lost-like. I think Jack Bender is a big part of it. He directed a lot of Lost episodes. He also he directed a couple of Game of Thrones episodes. He directed a lot of great stuff. But I think there's also a couple of other producers that were part of Lost. It's very Lost feeling um, of this like highly intriguing mystery with these really nice characters that are going around. Uh, they're kind of uh, it's got some good jumps and it does not spare details on gore. Holy crap! Um, I'm going to spoil just the first part of the first episode, like basically the opening. The opening is like Harold Perrin, uh, Perino? Harold Perino? I want to say his last name is Perino, not Perino. Um, he is Michael from Lost. He's great. He's fantastic in this too. Um, he's like ringing this bell, getting everybody to go inside before uh, dark. And it shows like this little girl, she's probably like eight, maybe nine. And there's like this woman at her window, like, I can't remember. I think her name's Megan. It's like, hey, Megan, come to like window. She opens up. It's this old lady, and um, the old lady's like, I say his grandma's like, you're not my grandma. She's like, oh, but it's so cold out. Won't you let me in or something like that? And the mom comes up. It's like, Megan, what are you doing? You know, like get away from there. And she's like, oh, please, won't you just let me in? And Megan opens the window, and the woman immediately turns into like this monster type thing. I kind of thought they were like kind of Wendigo type things. That's what they kind of remind me of. At least like the Wendigos from the. Uh, video game until dawn that's what they kind of look like spoilers for that game sorry um but yeah it comes in and then um it shows the next morning um the dad who was drunk was like stuck at a bar because he's drunk and um he comes back the next morning and harold <laughs> harold perino <laughs> his name's boyd comes out starts yelling at him calling it's like frank you know this is like you know you're supposed to nail the fucking windows shut and he's like yelling at him and he's like open hand slaps him twice <laughs> like when he does it first time i cracked up second time he does it, I'm like jeez and he brings him in and he takes him upstairs and it shows the mother and and like i said the eight nine-year-old daughter laying there like completely eviscerated, like just ripped open, rib cages wide open, like just no imagination on this. Just shows you how badly these monsters fucked up this kid. And it's like, holy crap, I'm in for something crazy here. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's like in yeah, it does not leave you anything in imagination. So they're basically they're stuck in this town and there's these monsters that come out at night, and unless they have these um what you would call them, these like not these idols, these like kind of runic idols like up against the door or the window or something like that. Um, these monsters will come and just tear them to shreds. There's not like taking them away. It's like, what do they do with them? It's like, no, they come into town and they just rip them to shreds, like limbs everywhere, blood everywhere. <laughs> Uh, but it's intriguing. Like I say, it's like kind of Stephen King because there's like a there's a child character who's uh you know kind of obviously has, like, you know, more to the story and stuff like that, and the way he kind of speaks, and the way he kind of interacts with the story seems more, like, prophetic, uh, like, he's almost, like, yeah, he's, like, much more, like, a, almost, like, prophesizing what's happening within the story, because he has this connection to the town. Um, there's an older guy who obviously has, like, some form of, um, he's, what's the best way to put this? He's, 
mentally he's very much more childlike, I guess is the best way to kind of put it. Um, who's been in the town for a really long time and, you know, he has survived for all this time, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I, I've absolutely enjoyed this show. I think sometimes the uh, writing is a little, man, especially with the dialogue, like there's far too many times where Ian Bailey, who plays the dad, Jim, and the mom are just like throwing F-bombs at like their kids, like, you know, just casually talking like, I don't know, it just felt so unrealistic and sometimes like characters just throw out F-bombs all the time, which I know it's weird. If you've listened to this podcast, how often I curse for me to complain about cursing, but it just, I don't know, it just seems kind of like uncreative in these moments of like dialogue for them to just kind of throw out F-bombs all like crazy. Like, you know, it's like, eh, would you, would a mother really talk to her daughter that way? Like, I don't think so. Um, Yeah. So that's like my really my only thing. I think everything's good. I think sometimes the acting's a little uneven, but it's mostly unknowns. I mean, I know Ian Bailey and I know uh Harold Perino. Perino. I keep forgetting how to say his fucking last name. Yeah, there's the only two. Ian Bailey from Band of Brothers. He's been in a lot of other things over the years. He was David Webster and Band of Brothers. Um I was glad to see him. And like he even kind of reminds me of um look wise of Jack Nicholson in um in the shining, the way his hair is in the show. But I'm not sure if that's going to lead to anything. My, uh, I just watched the season two premiere and I thought it was really good. Strong. I think my only issue is it's very similar to the first episode of season one. Uh, the first episode of season one, once again, spoilers. Um, there's a RV accident with, um, shoot. Ian Bailey's character. I, keep, I just forgot his name again. Um, they wreck with the family in it and like, they're kind of stuck out there because it's going to get dark before they can get them out. And they got to kind of survive the night out there. Whereas this one, like because of events in the first season, um, the house that Ian Bailey and his family staying in collapses. And then he, him, the bartender and these uh, people who are arrived on a bus, like all these people show up on a bus and they're now stuck in the town and they're trapped in the rubble of the home. And now they have to, like, they realize they're not going to get out. If they try to rush them out, the place is going to collapse and kill them. Um, they're going to have to, you know, take their time, but they don't have time. So they're going to have to try and survive the whole night trapped under this rubble with these monsters trying to hunt them and kill them. So I mean, it's kind of similar. as like, oh, you know, they have to survive the night with, you know, against the odds here. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's, uh, I have found it pretty fascinating and interesting. I think it's a good show, and I guess it's kind of blowing up in popularity around this time. I guess they've kind of put it out there for people to find and watch, and now it's blowing up a little bit, and I'm glad I'm part of it. So that's cool. I guess I'm watching it as everybody else is starting to watch it. So if you've not checked out the TV show From, uh, check it out. It is highly interesting. There are some scary parts, and by scary parts, I don't even think it's that scary personally. I mean, it's creepy in some aspects. I think the second episode, or the second season premiere was kind of creepy. Um because two people are trapped underground, like where they sleep and all that fun stuff. Yeah, but I don't want to, I don't know. Maybe I'll go in and like do a little bit of, more of a deep dive into episode by episode stuff um, next week or maybe the week after. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It'd be kind of odd because I'll be watching season two and trying to review season one at the same time. It'd be kind of weird. Whatever. Whatever. If you've not watched it, check it out. It's on MGM Grand, um, MGM Plus, I'm sorry. And it's on. Season one you can find on Sling or Freebie or something like that. I don't know. I guess that's probably IMD. Isn't it IMDb TV is Freebie, Freestream? 
I can't remember. I don't know. There's so many freaking streaming services that it's impossible to keep track of. I didn't even know MGM Grand exists, which, by the way, I love the fact that when you're streaming the show, they show the same MGM uh, Plus uh, commercial for each episode, and it's not annoying at all. It's not annoying at all. It's only like a minute and a half long, and it's just showing the same movies, and the woman singing like this big, grand, the world is a stage, and the stage is a world, or some that sucks. But you have to watch it every single time before each episode. And there's 10 episodes. That's another thing that I kind of want to talk about real quick. One of the downsides of shows like this now, especially as I'm rewatching Lost, is they don't have the same amount of time for you to really engage with characters. So there's like quite a few deaths in from for characters we get to meet and talk to. There's uh, at least three off the top of my head that I can think of. And I don't feel like you really get a chance to connect with them because, I mean, one dies in episode four, one dies in episode two, one dies in episode, I think, seven. And it's kind of like, I didn't get to connect with them. Oh, I kind of found them intriguing or I kind of like them or something like that, but they're gone so quick that I'm like, there's no real lasting impression. There's no stakes in their death so much. It's more just like, oh, shit, deaths or something like that, like kind of like shocking. So it's like, you don't get to connect with certain characters because you don't have the time to connect with them. Like Lost. I mean, if Lost was written today, Boone dies in like episode two you know? <laughs> or episode three or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, you know, you don't get 18 episodes or whatever it is before Do No Harm before Boone dies, you know? So it's it's just how TV shows are done now. It kind of, you lose a little bit of that filler and also you get to lose the expansion of characters and their backstories and to kind of get to know them. You get to lose that a little bit, just the way TV is done nowadays with, you know, shorter episodes or shorter season lengths. I think the 13 is probably the sweet spot. I think 10 is just, for shows like this one, it's an ensemble. I think 10's a little short. I think it needs to be about 13 episodes. Then you can kind of get into stuff. Because, like, I know some people hate filler, but, man, sometimes filler gives you wonderful stuff. Like, Trisha Tanaka is dead. I just talked about that episode a couple weeks ago. That's filler. Not a whole lot goes on there. Like, you know, it's not like some episode that's key to the story. It's just a fun episode. But you lose fun sometimes. You know, not every show needs fun. But every once in a while, it's nice to kind of, like, relax and just enjoy something. And I feel like TV shows have gotten to that point now, especially any drama where it's, like, it's ten episodes. And, yeah, it gives you that every single scene kind of matters. And every single interaction has a point to the season and to the story overall. But you lose the fun a little bit from time to time. You know, you get to lose uh, from Lost Again, uh, Jack, uh, Michael, um, Hurley, and Charlie playing golf. Like, you get you lose that with 10 episodes a season. You lose a little bit of that characters allowed to kind of just add to themselves through filling, like filler moments. They get to add, they get to fill out the characters in those filler episodes while, you know, other important stuff's going on. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but one more time, if you haven't checked out From, uh, check it out. I've absolutely enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it. Um, I think the first season is probably like a B plus. Um, I'll probably have to watch it, like really, actually, like the second time I just threw it on the background because I was, 
it's such an intriguing premise. I like the whole idea of, you know, that like people are trapped in a certain area. I mean, like lost people are trapped on an island. Um, you know, this is, they're trapped in a town that they can't escape. I've been kicking around this idea for a book for probably, well, I, cause one of the reasons why I really liked it was I've been kicking around this book idea for like the last like three or four months. Basically, uh, People are in like they there's like this town. It's kind of like you know a small town, be very reminiscent of Portsmouth or something like that. And something goes like whether it's like a science experiment or something like that. I never got quite that deep. Is basically I was going to rip off. I was going to rip off. I'm not going to sit there and say it's going to be original. I was going to rip off the stand lost. And I there was something else. I'm like oh yeah, I'll kick in that as well. Basically, something happens, and this town gets cut off from the rest of the world, and these people can't leave, and if they do, there's, like, this big, like, almost like a scorch mark that surrounds, like, what area they can go and not, and if they cross that, basically, people go insane, they just try to kill themselves or something like that, where it's like, you know, they can't leave, and there's no explanation of whether they've been displaced in time, whether they've skipped a dimension, whether they're, you know, they've been transported to hell or something like that, you know, it's like this thing that I was always going to keep open-ended and then uh eventually i was gonna have this plan of like this one character you know he his girlfriend breaks up with him or something like that like a very herald outer or something like that and he's like all depressed and oh oh she would break up with me and he goes like he's thinking about killing himself by walking across the line and he passes out because he's drunk and he wakes up and there's a guy standing on the outside and he's talking and he wants in or something like that you know just one of those good versus evil type stand type of stories but whatever that's what intrigued me is like people stuck in a town that they can't escape from a small town i'm like oh that's kind of my story Maybe I can steal from this show now. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see if I talked about everything before I want to talk about the Lost Rewatch. I believe I have. I talked about the... F- oh, my God. I'm not going to even mention the NHL playoffs again. It's garbage. It's garbage. Like, seriously, if the Bruins are eliminated, I'm, I'm not watching anything else. There won't be a second-round predictions. There won't be... Sports talk will basically be over for a while. Because Liverpool season's basically over. If the Bruins are done, then I'm not watching NHL. Um, if, like, Preston's not coming up, I don't think. I mean, it's just... Do I talk about anything else sports-wise? I mean, I, I don't give a shit about baseball anymore. I don't give a fuck about the NBA. I could do NHL, NFL draft coverage. <laughs> You're stupid if you give so much shit about the NFL draft. Oh, uh, Whatever. Yeah, so let's get into The Lost Rewatch. We have two episodes of The Lost Rewatch tonight. The reason was because um, I know there's... The only episode I didn't watch is Through the Looking Glass. That's broken up to two episodes. I'm like, you know what? Lost has some... Its finest hours... I think its finest hour is Exodus. I think that's the best Lost episode. I think I talked about it where... The way I rank like the best episodes ever, I never include the finales because they're kind of their own animal. They get like so much more because usually there were two parters and they get to have so much more time telling their story there. And whereas like these single episodes get to they kind of have to be a little bit more focused, so you know they don't get to be quite as grand. Exodus is the best episode of Lost, season one finale. Uh, the Constant, which is season four, which I'm so excited to get to, um, is probably its finest non-finale well no not even probably it is its finest non-finale it's the best episode of lost that's not finale based uh through the looking glass season three's finale which is the episode that i'm up to is right below it 
mostly for the ending that is so fucking awesome. Um, so I decided, you know what, since it's two episodes, I'll break it down. I can just break the whole thing down next week. So you'll get the man behind the, not the man behind the curtain. Through the Looking Glass, you'll get that next week. You'll get the whole me breaking down the finale of Season 3. I think I'll take a couple weeks off from the Lost Rewatch after that because I've kind of been pumping out the uh, Season 3 after the weird little lull I had for a while. Um, I'm going to pump out, uh, I think it'll be a couple weeks, maybe two, three weeks, maybe maybe like June 1st or something, like the first episode of June. That's when I'll hit. I'll start doing Season 4. Season 4 is not that long. So I might just go Season 4, Season 5, take a little break, hit Season 6. Anyways, two episodes of Lost. Two really, 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 really strong episodes. For completely different reasons. Two episodes I would rank like nine, nine and a half, like A, A minus in that, uh, A, A minus, probably closer to A. Not quite A pluses. Um, though the first episode, there's no re- real reason why it's not an A plus. I don't actually kind of thinking about it. I guess maybe because of what comes afterwards, kind of, Dampens, dampens it a little bit. My nose is stuck. Why? Sorry you had to hear that grossness. Uh, the first episode is Man Behind the Curtain. Really, really fucking great. Michael Emerson is so immense in this show. He's so fantastic as the weaselly fucking Ben. And like just kind of pathetic. He's pathetic. He's, you know, he's... He's all sad that, you know, John is just more special than he is. and But you get to understand why he feels the way he does about John through this episode. You find out he wasn't born on the island. He came to the island, but the island gave him an escape. The island gave him a life that he never would have gotten because his father was a drunk. When Ben's born, Ben, you know, Ben comes two months early. He's two months premature. And his mother and father are on a hike. His mother dies because of the birth. His dad resents him, hates him for it. You know, he kind of just becomes a drunk and just hates Ben. He's Roger Workman from uh, Trisha Tanaka's Dead. I did not really go back and watch Trisha Tanaka to do like the proper like uh, deep dive on it, did I? My bad, guys. Maybe I'll do that um, in a couple weeks. Just kind of like, oh yeah, here's the proper Trisha Tanaka's Dead one. Anyways, Man Behind the Curtain. Um, Yeah, you get to see, because Ben has given his whole life to the island because he kills... The Dharma Initiative. He, you know, works with the others or the hostiles to kill the Dharma Initiative. He poisons them. And he gets to finally kill his dad. And it's so sinister. It's the most sinister moment in all of Lost. It's just, you're like, oh my God. It's just, there's such a great weight to the whole scene of whenever he's like, you know, his dad forgives, always keeps forgetting to bring him, uh, gets him a birthday gift or whatever. And like, you know, it's hard for me to celebrate on the day you killed your mom. It's like, oh. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. But it's also weird to see Doug Hutchinson, uh, the guy who plays Horace Goodspeed in the show, because Doug Hutchinson is the guy when he was 51 who married a 16-year-old. And it was weird. It was really weird. Let that sink in. But yeah, I don't know. Do they go into the Horace and Ben kind of like relationship on island because it feels like it's hinted at that basically Horace becomes Ben's father figure because at the end he walks up he sees that Horace is dead you know and he closes you know he kind of basically closes his eyes for him you know lets him be at peace and um, I don't know if they expand on that 
But you got like Locke comes back and he's like being super dickish, demanding to go see Jacob because you know Ben finally reveals Jacob to, to Locke, and he's like, "Well, we're gonna go see him." And you know, Mikhail shows up to tell him about Naomi, and then Locke beats the shit out of Mikhail and says, "We're going to go see Jacob." And blah blah. blah. When do we leave? <laughs> Mikhail is like a punching bag. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's I. It was so good. It was one of the episodes I was really looking forward to rewatching again because I haven't rewatched it in so long um, that I was really, really excited to rewatch it again. And it did not disappoint. I think the only downside is stuff that comes after, like um, like the Jacob stuff. Like obviously Jacob kind of evolves into a different type of thing. Um, get the help me thing in the cabin, cabin, which the cabin scene is still really cool. It's so cool. So Ben and uh, Locke go into Jacob's cabin, and Ben's talking to an empty chair. And like uh, he told him before, he's like, you know, put your flashlight away. Jacob feels the same way that you do about technology. You know, you don't like it. And he goes and he's talking to an empty rocking chair. And Locke's like, you're you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. You know, he's like, oh, you're just a crazy person. You're, you know, he keeps he makes the Wizard of Oz references. You know, you're the man behind the curtain. You know, blah blah blah. And um, like. Ben's like keeps giving looks like oh you can't see him you can't see him, and then like you know he's like Locke says some shit and he turns he starts to walk out and you just hear help me, and like Ben uh, Locke turns around, he's like what'd you say and Ben's like I didn't say anything and I just love the look that the way Emerson delivers the line and looks at Locke is so realistic to when somebody actually does that when like someone's like well I didn't say anything it was just I don't know I just love the way he delivered the line it was kind of cool. Um, and then Locke, he's like, oh, you did say something. He pulls up the flashlight, and then all hell breaks loose in this cabin. Like, fucking glasses breaking, shit's flying everywhere, fire's breaking out, it's going wild. And then for a split second, split second, you see uh, Ben grab the chair and say, you've had your fun, stop it. And then he gets thrown back against, like, one of the windows. And then the camera cuts for a split second, and you see a man standing there who was not there before. You see a little close-up of his eye, and then, you know, Locke busts out of the cabin. And, oh, I remember when watching that live and just being like, what? I can't wait to re-watch that scene over and over again and pick it apart. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't quite pay off in the end because that was the thing with Lost is that, you know, the deeper you got into the show, the payoffs became less and less impactful, or they just seem to have more prop. They start creating problems with answers, but it's still pretty impactful to see it in the episode itself, even with where it's going. Um, then at the end, you know, Ben shows Locke the Dharma Initiative, the the remains of the Dharma Initiative, all the bodies, and then uh, Ben does a little switcheroo and shoots Locke. And puts him in the hole. And, like, the whole reason is because he actually heard Jacob. You know what I mean? Because Ben's never heard Jacob, apparently. And he's like, you know, you heard him, blah, blah, blah. So he realizes Locke is more special, even though I've given everything to this island. I gave everything to this island. There's still somebody else who gets to take my place. And he hates that. And he's going back. And, yeah. But I, I think it's really great episode of Lost. It is, it is I give it a 9.5 out of 10. It is A, probably leaning close to A+. plus. It is, I'm going to have a little bit of a kind of debate with myself because I'll do the finale review next week and then I'll do like my, you know, best episode, worst episode, which worst episode's already been decided. I might do worst episode that's not Stranger Strange Land. Best arc, best um, um, performance, what I did for season two, basically. 
if you remember all that. Yeah, but this is fantastic. Like, Man Behind the Curtain, fantastic episode. And then it gets followed up with Greatest Hits, which I would put as A, A-. minus. It is emotionally manipulative, and I don't give a shit. Like, it's not as strong as it sh- like you, as I'm probably going to present it, or probably for that rating, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I love this episode. I love Greatest Hits. It's a fantastic episode about Charlie. It's a really... Uh, oh, I forgot one last thing to go back to the man behind the curtain. This is the birth of Immortal Richard. Uh, Richard, played by... What's his name? Nestor. I always forget how to say his last name. Nestor Carbonell. Um, he played Richard. And this was not supposed to happen if i'm thinking correctly this was not supposed to happen so basically richard um is in the modern day and you know he looks the way he looks and then in a flashback ben sees his mom on the island and he turns off the center like the sonic fence and goes to try to find her one night and he or one day and he finds richard out there and they tried to make richard look younger you know gave him like longer hair he looked kind of dirty and stuff like that but they tried to make him look a little bit younger and even to me, he didn't look younger, even then. And like to almost everybody who watched it, he didn't look any younger. So everybody immediately just thought, oh, what's up with this? Like, the others or the hostels are immortal. Or, you know, they don't age or something like that. So it became a thing. And eventually, I guess it sparked a creativity in Carlton Cuse, Damon Lindelof. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's run with that. So they made Richard immortal. <laughs> or didn't age, at least. Maybe, you know, he wasn't immortal, but he definitely didn't age. And you get to find out why in Season 6, which is one of the best episodes of Season 6, if I remember correctly. But it was kind of cool that, you know, they kind of like, oh, well... It wasn't supposed to be the thing, but fuck it, run with it. <laughs> I love Richard and Nestor Carbonell. I thought he was great. Uh, we lose him for season four because he did a show called Kane, and that got canceled. That started a fun meme on the uh, the message boards because somebody worded this post or this topic wrong, or he worded it weird. He's like, with Kane canceled, Nestor should be free for lost. I think that's how it was worded, and it was just worded so oddly that it just for some reason caught fire, and that's how people like. They kept saying random things. Like anytime somebody from Lost was in a show, and that show was canceled, or it with or no, it wasn't just people from Lost. It was just like anything. If there was a show and it got canceled. It's like oh, with this canceled, you know, this person could be is free for Lost, and it just something that yeah. I know everybody's laughing hysterically at that, but at the time, if you're on the message boards, it was pretty fucking goddamn funny. <laughs> uh Am I missing anything from that? No. So let's go back in the greatest hits. It is a Charlie episode. This is real. I, this is one of my favorite uses of the flashbacks. Is that this episode is Charlie Charlie writing out his five greatest moments of his life, and um, it's obvious where it's going. You know where it's going, but you don't care when you get there. Like I said, just because it's predictable doesn't make it bad. You don't need to throw in a curveball for no fucking reason. If it's the what if it's what it's supposed to be, it's what it's supposed to be. Um. Yeah, it gets to, like, obviously, number one is the night he met Claire. Yeah, it's good. But this is one where Desmond tells him he sees Claire and the baby getting in a helicopter, and they're saved. And Charlie's all excited, and he's like, but the only way we can get that helicopter here is you have to swim into this area, and you drown, you die. It's the only way. So you have to die this time. And, oh, it's one of those, and it's, like, kind of... 
it's Dominic Monaghan and it's Charlie's finest hour. Like for a character that had his up and ups and downs, um, obviously fire and water is a horrible episode. And it's so weird to think that this is the, this is the first centric on Charlie since fire and water, which was what, like episode 11, maybe like 10 or 11 of season two. And we finally go back to Charlie. Um, it finally gives Charlie that like kind of character send off and kind of, um, that worth that Charlie's always been kind of looking for. He's always known it's there and he finally is able to find his worth in Claire and Aaron and finally, you know, accept himself a little bit. It's fantastic. The, um, what I have here. Oh, there's the goodbye between Hurley and Charlie. Cause obviously nobody knows what's going on. Um, except her, uh, Charlie and Desmond, but Hurley wants to go with Charlie and Desmond and Charlie has to be a dick, and it sucks. Like, cause like he's like, uh, oh, I want to go with you. I don't want to track. I'm done tracking. I just want to go with you guys. And like, um, he knows that he can't bring Hurley along for this, or Hurley maybe won't even let him do it. So he's like, uh, he's like, you can't. You're too big. You'll flip the boat, or you won't fit in the boat. And he's gonna be a dick to Hurley, and Hurley's like, not cool, man. And he comes up. He get, then Charlie comes up, gives him a hug, and he's like, hey, he's like, you know. He's like, oh, you know, I'll see you, you know, I'll see you in a little bit, you know. And he tells him he loves him, and he's like, whatever, man, I love you too. And it's, oh, it's so good knowing where it's going. It's so good and sweet, and it's just, oh, sad at the same time. Um, yeah, and then you have the moment in the boat where they're above the Looking Glass station, which is an underwater station, which is jamming communications. So you, the reason that Russo's message has been playing on loop for 16 years is that um, there's a jamming there's jamming equipment in the looking glass station underwater that keeps messages from being broadcast anywhere um, so Charlie's got to go down there but then Desmond's like hey maybe you don't have to maybe the whole reason that I'm you know that the reason I keep seeing you die is that I'm supposed to take your place and he makes Charlie thinks like oh, and Charlie makes him think like yeah like, okay yeah you can do that and then he tells him where the weight belt is, and he smacks Desmond with a the paddle and knocks him out. And then Michael Giacchino, the guy who does the music, is so on his freaking game. As like Charlie stands up and he's taking his deep breaths, and he's got the weight belt, and he's just making his decision to like or not making a decision, you know, preparing himself to go in and die. And oh, is so good, so good. The music in this show was so fantastic, so good. And um, I only wish that Charlie would have looked up. There's a point where Charlie looks up. I wish they would just would have cut like maybe behind him and like him looking at the island. I don't know why. I just kind of wish that shot was there, but whatever. Uh, Charlie jumps in, goes down, finds there's actually like a little docking bay, goes inside because they were told that it's been flooded. He goes inside and it's not flooded. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm alive. I'm alive. And all of a sudden two women come busting out with guns pointed at Charlie. Uh, one is Lana Perello. She was in Once Upon a Time as like the crazy queen. Um, and another lady. And um, it sets up the, obviously, through the looking glass. And it is a perfect, for me, penultimate episode. Like, you know, it's something that accomplishes a lot of goals and sets everything up perfectly and also kind of preparing you for everything, you know, because, you know, Charlie doesn't swim out the window, let's say. Um, yeah, and then the only issue, the only issue with this episode is um, that I really take issues with is because they don't they do not do anything with it, even though they bring it back up 
Um, Charlie leaves his drive shaft ring, his DS ring, that his brother gave him at Christmas, um, that his mother, you know, had been handed down through their generations, blah, 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 blah. But he leaves it for Aaron, and when Claire takes Aaron, she doesn't realize it's in there, and he gets left behind. So that it's in the crib. Um, so it's like, oh, it kind of sucks. But I think it's like an episode, is it in season five? I think season five, uh, Sun finds it. She finds the ring. And at this point, Claire's been missing for years. Um, when they find Claire again, the ring is never brought up. It's never paid off. And it, it always frustrated me so much that I mean, that ring never found its way to Claire or whatever. It frustrated me so much because it was such an easy fix. It would have taken 10 seconds. Like, just 10 seconds for it. Like, you know, Sun gives it to her. Or after the submarine blows up in season six, Claire finds it in the wreck, like in some wreckage on the beach. She remembers, because uh, I'll get into that when I get there, but it always frustrated me this part that, you know, they show the ring is like, that's never paid off, even though it would have been so simple and it could have actually done something with the plot in season six, but whatever. Um, yeah. Greatest hits by, you know, for lost is it's a, it's a, a minus a episode, two fantastic episodes leading into a, Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for next week to go into through the looking glass. Oh man. What a great show this is. And like I said, basically from... Even though I didn't give them great rankings, I thought they were strong episodes overall, like pretty solid episodes. Basically everything from Catch-22 on is just such a great streamline straight to the end. Because um, you, you get Naomi here with Lot or with uh, Charlie. You know, who are you guys going to war with? Because we're setting up the whole plan in the for the final episode. The others are going to show up a night before everybody's ready for them because everybody now knows they're coming to get the women because uh, Juliet has betrayed them, has betrayed the others. And Locke has this fun pl- or not Locke, Jack has this fun plan about blowing them up, which I, I always thought it was kind of ridiculous that um, at the beginning of this, uh, of Greatest Hits, yeah, at the beginning of Greatest Hits, Jack is taking quite a few of them out into uh, the jungle or whatever, into the canopy or whatever. And it's a great shot. This show still... I talked about this. This show still looks so freaking good. It still looks so great. So many of the shots are still so beautiful. Anyway, he takes them out there. And, um... He's like, oh, you guys have been wondering what I'm going to do. And he yells, like, Russo's name. And she blows up some trees with dynamite that we saw her get when she, uh, Locke and Sawyer were at the Black Rock. Uh, she blows up some trees. I'm like, hmm, what if the others have heard like, dynamite just blowing the fuck up in the jungle somewhere? Like, I feel like that was kind of like... I don't think you needed to go through that big, elaborate show of what's going on. It's good for us as an audience. Like, ooh, cool, blowing up. Ooh, bright colors. It's crazy. But I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, it's kind of dumb. Um... No, but like that's I don't know. It's kind of I understand why it's there, but it's kind of goofy and like a actual logical standpoint. One, why would you waste the dynamite? Like you know, two, the others probably would have heard that. You would have to assume they probably heard the dynamite blowing up. Um, I don't know. It's not very covert, but yeah, the the plan is they're going to. um, The new plan was they had to leave three people behind because they don't have enough wire to blow it up. 
in like the timing. So they're gonna have that three people behind them, they're gonna have to shoot dynamite and blow them up. Um, and that is Bernard, Saeed, and Jin. Yeah, those three are the ones staying behind. And yeah, we are setting up for some really great stuff for Through the Looking Glass, which you will hear my review of next week. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been two really good episodes of Lost, Man Behind the Curtain, and Greatest Hits. As we wrap up Season 3, we're getting there, man. This is great. This is great stuff. So, uh, yeah, we will... I think this should be the show. That should be the show. Yeah, somehow we got an hour. How do I do the... I don't I understand how I can get content out of nothing. Um, I, I don't know if I... Did I address it? I, yeah, I think I addressed it where we didn't do video this week because I'm still pissy. I'm still not happy at all about this fucking playoff nonsense. It's garbage. Anyways, whatever. I don't want to go back into it. Um, yeah, this has been the Monster Eight the Pilot Show, ladies and gentlemen. If you've liked what you've heard, spread the good word everywhere. Podcasts are available. You can find me, like, share, subscribe, support, leave a review. Leave a review. I dare you to leave a review. I double dog dare you to leave a review. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where to find the reviews, so whatever. Um, if you want to be on the show, let me know. If you got questions, let me know. If you got the answers, let me know. If you want to contest anything I have said, keep it to yourself. Um... Yeah, I think I'll be back next week. We will have... I feel like we're treading a little water in terms of content just because I'm not... Uh, especially since I've lo- I dropped the music, which I'm like... Now, the more I'm reading about it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose a lot of episodes. <laughs> Down the line. If this ever gets reported, I'm probably going to lose a lot of episodes. Like, uh... <laughs> I think I could only post anything with the music to Spotify only. And maybe Spotify for podcasters or Anchor, whatever it's called. I don't think I could, which I have Stitcher, I have all the other stuff. <laughs> so um, I'll probably lose those. I'll probably have to recut them or something like that. I'll have to try and figure that out. Um, yeah, so I don't think the music's actually ever going to be coming back. The more I read about it. Unless I buy myself a music license, which, looking at it, was not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. I just have to get the right one. Um it was like between like two hundred and four hundred dollars a year, which would be dumb. It'd be dumb to do, unless like you know, if obviously if this podcast was huge, it'd be smart to do. But like at this point, it's that's just not monetarily very responsible or intelligent to do. It's you know, it's just kind of a waste of two hundred to four hundred dollars a year for me to play like three or four songs a night. I'll still do the opening songs because I still think those are fine. I don't know. I don't know anything. If you're a lawyer, let me know. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, I've been Brandon. You've been you. Thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. Hopefully I'll be back next week. We'll have the season three ending of Lost. Hopefully we'll be talking about the second round of the NHL playoffs. If we're not, you'll understand why. Because if uh, the Bruins lose, I'm not even going to fucking talk about it. It's not going to be addressed. Brandon's going to bury that deep down. His Irish side will come out, and he's going to bury it deep down. He's going to put it deep, deep down, and then he'll die. And it'll be fine after he's dead. So, (laughs) Um, Yeah, other than that, like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find me. This has been Monster Hunter Pilot. Thank you so much for listening, understanding. I think I've said that twice now, but whatever. This is the special Brandon we all know and love. I will maybe see you this week in Portsmouth if you want to hang out there, buddy. Um, And other than that, see you around. See you next week.